0: Welcome back, everybody. This is the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. Happy New Year. We're glad to be back, and we're really excited about all the things we have planned for this podcast for 2020. Um, if you remember right before Christmas, we started a conversation with Daniel, Jesse, and Pastor Tim on love. And today, to get things started for 2020, we're going to share with you part two of that conversation. We hope you enjoy it. Here's Jesse.
1: Welcome, everybody. This is Jesse Sampson, the worship pastor here at Grace Life Fellowship, and I'm back here with Tim, our lead pastor, and Daniel. And we want to touch again on the concept of love. It's kind of a part two. Um, we feel like we we covered some good stuff as far as Advent, but we want to go a little deeper and talk about
0: we kinda had more well, to say, huh? We, yeah, yeah. We ended the last podcast I mean, right, and,
2: end the year with love and then start the new year with love.
1: Right.
0: Right.
2: Makes sense. Right. Who seriously the love of God though, I think we could have a podcast about just thinking about and and talking about the love of God probably every week this whole year and find something new to say. Yeah,
0: never ending. Uh, right. Yeah, I was going to say this whole year and for the rest of our lives. <laughs> if <laughs> Ephesians tell us that may we be, Paul says, he prays for strength in the inner man so that we can comprehend, begin to comprehend how much God loves us, the height and the breadth and the depth of his love, that it, it actually takes the Holy Spirit's power that's how loved we are. I mean, we're not going to ever exhaust this topic on a few podcasts or in a lifetime. And my guess is not even on the other side in eternity. Will we ever finally go, Oh, now I know exactly the depth of God's love. We'll always be continually amazed and awed. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. But we do get to look at is the demonstration of Christ on the cross and the, you know, the, the, what that means that picture of love the uh to give your life you know to give yourself up in order being someone being uh completely innocent yeah and taking on what we deserved in our place
2: yeah last time we talked about Christ coming from the throne room of heaven what is it in philippians 2 it says he was found in the form of a servant but he humbled himself even to death on the cross. So not only did he humble himself by b- b- being found in in the form of a man as man and God, but also he he humbled himself even as a man to the lowest point possible, you know, death on a cross. And, um, and I think that that was a demonstration of the love of Jesus, but at the same time, a demonstration of the love of God.
1: Mm-hmm. And that shows like the real depth of what we, what we're offered, because, you know, in the last podcast, we're talking about Advent. We're talking about Christ coming as a little baby, but it doesn't just stop there. You know, he grows up and he, um, he demonstrates what it is to be love and he shares it with others. He teaches his
0: disciples, you know, and he focuses on this whole agape love. All the way to the point of All the way to the sacrificing point of, his own life yeah. for it. Greater love hath no man, right, than to lay down his life. It, and and to think about what you said, Daniel. Not that, not just that he would condescend to become human, right, to be incarnate. For God to do that is unfathomable. How can you imagine that to leave the comforts and conveniences of heaven to come into the sin-cursed world that man had wreaked havoc in and the enemy and, and become subject to all that he had created and, be, and humble himself as a human. But, but even more than that, to be a humble human in terms of his servanthood and not that he says, I, I didn't come to be served, but to serve, mm-hmm. um, to, to represent and exemplify for all of us what real love looks like, what agape looks like in its sacrificial nature. Um, it's amazing that, you know, a a friend of our ministry, Steve Pettit often says Jesus didn't come to make you successful in anything, but sacrificial in everything, um, which is really a true success. That's Mm -hmm. how we're designed. And this is, this is the agape love of God in, in expression that it, it gives of itself. It's, it's unto others, you know, and for Jesus to do that, that way, uh, it, it's amazing. And. In that sense, we would go. It's impossible. I mean, can we love like that? It's, it's impossible for us to drum up enough emotion or sentiment to be or willpower to be able to love like that. But thankfully, through the new covenant, we have been infused with Jesus Christ. We have joined to Him, and so in union with Him, His love is resident within us. And now, because of Him, in and through us, we can love just like He loves. Yeah, He's He's. Duplicating yeah. his life in and through us. It
1: also says something about the design of humanity. You know, we love because God first loved us. Yeah, and the whole concept of loving—you know—to know God uh, is to love because God is love. Yes. So someone who who knows God is automatically loving. That's who you are. You are loving.
0: You're never gonna get away from you it. You can't get away from it. Yeah.
1: It's it's your, it's how you're designed.
0: Yeah, we've all we've all tried it. We've all, yeah. as believers, walked selfishly at times, mm-hmm. or you know, or even an unbeliever. I like, mean, why do why
1: do uh, you know bad people do good things? Yeah, why do bad people maybe still take care of their children, still love their children? It's they're designed, you know, as a as a um, as a lover.
0: Yeah, no, no matter who you
1: are, you want to be loved.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's
2: right. Yeah, I think assigning value and putting worth on things, um, striving to uh, posit value onto things is kind of like the the human action. It's what humans do all the time for everything, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, finding something to love and to value and to worship and to find worth in, um, and I-, I think that. It's because we're made in the image of God that that's our fundamental like day to day action in everything we do, whether or not we realize it. I think we're doing that all the time, and um, <clears throat> it's not an accident that God's expression. Well, it's not an accident that Christ died. You know.
0: <laughs> no. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, what is it in Romans five eight? Like for for us, it might be hard to even die for a good person, right? right. But God demonstrated His love for us. Even and that while we sin. were yet sinners, Christ died for us.
0: Right. Yes. And, and you know, uh, that verse actually is in the present tense. It says God demonstrates present tense, his love for us. So if you want to know whether or not God loves you right this moment, we typically look to how we feel. We look to circumstances we're experiencing. We look to things going on around us. And actually Romans 5 tells us that if you want to know if God loves you right this moment, he demonstrates it right now by the unwavering fact that Jesus died for you. Mm -hmm. And so it's an amazing thought to think that will never change, even if circumstances do, even if emotions do, even if our choices do. God's love for us is unwavering because the death of Jesus and his resurrection is a finished fact. And yeah. so God demonstrates right now. So everybody out there listening, wondering, do, could God love me based on what I just did or or based on how I feel? Or look what's happening around me. God, if you love me, why is this happening? He, he's, he's kind of saying, get your eyes off those circumstances. Put them on what I have done through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is a done deal. And know that you are loved right now as fully as you've ever been loved and can ever be loved. Nothing you can do can... Can add to it or take from it. God loves you completely and fully because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. I think it's important to mention, too, that
2: the finished work of Jesus Christ definitely doesn't stop at the cross, even though I think that's a big um, miscommunication from the church in the past hundred years. Yeah. That the finished work of Christ is Christ on the cross. But even in Romans 5 8, it continues to say that. Even though we are, help me with this, Tim. Um,
0: so we are reconciled by the death. Reconciled of the by his death, m- much, more. much more. That's yeah. right. Much Shall more. we be saved by his As, life? Yes.
2: So the life of Christ is what brings us from the reconciliation by his blood, which is a demonstration of God's love. But the life of Christ is really just the continuing brightness of that love growing in our lives for for, for, forever. First John
1: John four says in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might
0: live through him. Yeah. Yeah. And of course the passage, we know that we love him because he first loved us. So he, so his love, our love is the response to his initiating love. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he shows that perfectly through not just the death of Jesus, but the life and resurrection of Jesus as well. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And and you know when you think about it, um, you know the the Scripture tells us what his death accomplished, but it also tells us what his life accomplished. But many believers, they may say, well, I know Jesus died for my sins, and you say, well, what? Well, then why is he resurrected and why is he alive? Mm-hmm. And and the reality is he's alive to 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 draw us into himself to, to join us to himself so that we now experience him as our life. And every believer shares the life of Jesus. He mm-hmm. that's what first John five says. Whoever has a son has the life, the eternal life. You know, we think of eternal life as a an extension of of our current life. It's not, it's a quality of life that is his life and we partake in it. We share in it. So it's a, it's an amazing thought to think that that God would would share that with us. And, but that's what we have as believers. Um, And, and I I can't remember if we said this last time, but I get blown away when I think that God would send his son because he loved us to rescue us from our condition, to redeem us from sin, to save us from the, the enemy and the power of sin and the flesh and the world system because he loves us. Mm. And, and what he had to do to rescue us was send his son so he offered his son for us in our place and i think that means god loves jesse he loves daniel the very same way he loves jesus mm-hmm. yeah that's that's mind boggling i mean some people might think lightning ought to strike that sounds blasphemous that god loves us the exact same way he loves jesus it's it's mind boggling to me i mean that that's a that's a lifetime of humility to to try to consider that, in my weakness in my sin in my all this junk that I might deal with on a daily basis, it hasn't thwarted, diminished, or changed the love of God towards me. He loves me just like he loves Jesus, yeah, amazing,
2: really, if you're thinking about that daily junk that you're talking about, really the the love of God is the the thing the the power that can can empower us in that yes uh moment. You know, that's right. The the love of God in our life um equips us, activates the same sacrificial love he gave to me right. to be able to express that love to the people in my life. Mm. So, you know, if I I know Jesse, you, you know, have some back problems and you have small kids and you work all the time and you you uh volunteer at the church and your your day is full and you're trying to juggle a marriage and a family and all of those things, but in that your whole life in that is an opportunity for you to express the love that God has given to you, to your family, and to your church body, you know? And I think for me, as I see that the struggles and the, the things that come into my life that are challenges are really an opportunity for me to submit my life to the love of God and allow him to use my life as an instrument of his love there, even if it's sacrificial, kind of empowers me and fills me with hope and kind of a a grace and a joy that I wouldn't have experienced in that situation.
0: This is the great economy of of God, Mm. right? That it is sacrificial and we can give all without giving out. We can, you know, (laughs) or giving up. Like we, because he's an inexhaustible, continual life source for us you know, and so you, you can never give him away. As you give him away, you can never yeah. get rid of him. Now, he's not gonna. You're not gonna exhaust him. Um, he's the the bubbling spring from within, and um, it's amazing because it doesn't mean you don't get physically tired. It doesn't mean you don't get worn out or get back problems or get frustrated with your kids or whatever. It doesn't mean any of that. It means that through all of that. His love can be experienced and expressed and shared with others who so desperately need to know that this God is real, that He loves them. Um, In spite of what circumstances may try to dictate, in spite of what, uh, you know, the enemy may lie about, God has declared in full glory that He loves us. And He demonstrated it on this planet through His Son, Jesus. Jesus says, I can do nothing except the Father tells me. So if you want to know what God is like look at Jesus that's exactly what the father is like mm-hmm. um, he's he's the exact representation of the father so mm-hmm. so many people have this kind of dichotomy view you know Jesus is a loving savior and God is kind of this harsh judge and and actually yeah. we need to repent we need to think differently about that yeah um, and
1: when when you bring up the idea of God being this harsh judge you know I think a lot of people including myself in the past have struggled with, just this idea of, of assurance and yeah. of fear and, and, and love and how those two things balance and how, you know, one of the things that's helped me in, in recent years is the understanding that if God is love and perfect love casts out all fear, then anything that's fearful in my life cannot come from God. That's right. It can't come from a place of love. Right because perfect love casts out all fear. And if I believe that that perfect love resides in me and I abide in him, then there's no way that that thing that, that causes me to fear can be something that comes from him, comes from him or, or maybe that it's more powerful than him right? or that it's, you know, it's even, even more so it can't be something that, that I can't overcome.
0: Yeah. I think, I think I know for me in my own life, I, Fear sometimes was, I felt like maybe it was God's way of trying to get me to do better or, you know, yeah. trust him. And, and he's not motivating us through no. fear or shame and guilt. No. His motivation, Second Corinthians 5 says, his love compels us. Mm-hmm. His love inspires us. His love encourages His love equip, equips us. His love is what motivates the believer. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and and I know some people will say, "Well, all you talk about is his love, his love, his love." Mm. And I'm thinking, you know, for God, so That's kind of what Jesus loved about. the world. He sent His Son. <laughs> yeah, it was. He kind
1: of said, "Love." It's he, what
0: motivated Him because yeah, yeah. He is love. Right. So, uh, you he know, said
1: love encompasses all things. I mean,
0: yeah, we we Th- this doesn't this doesn't diminish or take away any other attribute of God. It actually clarifies right. all other attributes. Absolutely. It actually
2: explains them. Well, Tim, you mentioned Second Corinthians five, but You know, in that same chapter, we were just talking before this that it says that God was the one that reconciled us to Himself through Christ. Yes, you know, so that God was in Christ reconciling Himself to the world Mm. at the cross. If we're talking about the cross as the ultimate example of God's love, God wasn't separated from that. He wasn't. I've really struggled with this, you know, seeing God as a as a angry, yeah, you know, sky judge versus Jesus coming to sky judge. S- I
0: like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they got a Star Trek. The sky judge. <laughs> but
2: but they they're always one in motivation, they're always one in will, they're always one in compassion. They're always um totally at harmony with each other yes. in in their actions and and Jesus dying on the cross was um was not a a desperate attempt to um stop God from, you know, being mad at us. It was God's plan in the first place. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so it's,
0: it's, it's such, you probably struggle with the ideas I have struggled with in terms of concept of God. When we think about that, we thought, yeah, the father turned his back on the son and the, the son yeah. is sacrificing it's all. It's the divine child abuse. Yes. And, yeah. and, and actually that's that Corinthians verse, God was in Christ reconciling the world. It was, it was God doing this through Jesus. It, um, if, Jesus was exemplifying, he was showing God's heart towards mankind. Mm-hmm. And and we, as, as I speak personally, it has changed my life to consider that God loves me. God, the Father loves me like that. I didn't struggle so much with Jesus loving me. I struggled with the idea that this this God, not just of the New Testament, but of the Old Testament, this, this God loves me. Um, Jesus is the proof of that, it, you know, and so, it changes your life when you see God for who He is, and He's exactly like Jesus because mm-hmm. they are one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and just the John three sixteen, you know, God's so, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: it's not it. To me, that doesn't that doesn't equate to Him, you know, destroying His only Son or something that's uh, something that's evil or something that's that's. uh Right. That's, uh, you know, like, like you said, like punitive, God, you know, or, punitive, like God against Jesus and or that he had to do this, you know, this horrible thing to his own child in order to save us. It doesn't seem like that to me. When I read that verse, I see that God gave his only son and that there was compassion and mercy and a beautiful picture there of him, you know, losing something precious to himself in order to gain
0: much more of the yeah. world. So. And when you, when you think about that, because we, you know, in this topic of love and what is it, there's such a, uh, there's such an idea of love in our culture that it's sentimentality or it's strong emotion or it's passion. And I'm not saying it doesn't include maybe all of some of that stuff. Um, but, but the Bible defines love because God is love. He For God so love the world that he gave, he had to do something. Mm-hmm. He had to make a choice. His love determined that you know love is an act of the will to do the most beneficial thing mm-hmm. for somebody else yeah and that's what god has done and we're the beneficiaries of this benefactor yeah. you know and and his love is what is what that's about so that quickly yeah let's just talk quickly
2: real practically about it then about god's love I, I think we can we can make space for god's love to enter into every moment of our lives, because it's so compatible with every part of human love and affection down from the most, the simplest moment of familial affection between a mother and a a baby all the way up to dramatic things like Jesus dying on the cross or or laying down your life for someone. God's love is compatible with everything, the entire rainbow of colors in the gamut of love, I guess you would say. (laughs) and. So we can choose to make space for his agape love to enter into all of the love and affection and worth and value that we assign to our everyday lives. Every moment of our day, we have an opportunity to make that choice to say, you know what, Jesus, your love is here with me and join me in this love, this affection. If it's working for a boss that you can't stand and choosing to, um, to be, um, choosing to take the high road, you know, or Mm -hmm. if it means um, taking care of your grandkids because no one else is going to take care of them, or if it means, um, you know, helping somebody who has a, a problem or whatever it is, all of those things in our lives, we can, you know, God's love can enter into those choices and those decisions. And the more we see that, happening the more we'll be able to experience his love and give it
0: so it sounds like you're saying we we're we to be on alert to to be looking for ways to express the yeah. love that we've received I, I agree i think that that if if god if god's so loved that he did something then we are so loved that we do something yeah and um i love the idea that that love has an effect You know, and and what you were saying earlier, Jesse, it is universal, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Any any movie you've ever loved, any story you've ever loved, had in it somewhere intertwined as a love story. Even action adventure, they always have to throw a love story in there because this is what really matters. You know, and it doesn't matter what your background is, what your geography is, what your gender is, what your ethnicity is. Everybody, every human on this planet wants to be loved. It's because God is love. And he loves every human. That's right. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, thanks guys. Jesse. Yeah,
1: thanks for coming back, Daniel. All right. That does it for today's episode of Conversations in Grace. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next Friday with another episode. This time as Jesse sits down with Pastor Frank to talk about suffering. It's a really good one. So we hope to see you here again next Friday. Thanks.